Blog Talk Radio. show right here on Caveman Radio Network. I'm your host, John. We'll be with you till 10.30 tonight or so, give or take. <coughs> we have a lot to get to. I feel like I say that every damn week. But as we get more and more into the fall and the start of AEW, I feel like there is no slow time anymore in the w- when it comes to the world of wrestling. As always, let me bring on the cast of characters. Jeremy, how you doing this evening? Good. How you doing, my friend? Yeah. Oh, looks like Cruz will have to go to a comeback wrestling HR now. No, no, no. He's no. It's that's for you. Oh, it's only for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we figured that part out. But how you been? <laughs> not too bad. How you doing, man? Not not much okay. going on in wrestling now. SummerSlam's over. No, no. It's kind of a slow time right now. Got to wait for Survivor Series. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's it. We'll see you guys in November. Bye. Um, no, we actually do have some pretty big news to get to, as, well, let me ask you this, Jeremy, before we get to that. Sure. Do you remember when you were in wrestling 20 years ago, during the Monday Night Wars? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, were you one of the types of people who took the side of WWE or WCW? Were you one of those people, or were you just more... Of a wrestling fan who just enjoyed okay, I was a wrestling fan, including and ECW was in that mix too with me. But how do I phrase it the best way I can? I did channel surf at times. I knew if Austin oh. or The Rock were coming out, I wanted to be on Raw. I knew if the NWO was on, I wanted to be watching Nitro. Okay, now did you ever think, mind you, folks, the Monday Night Wars was twenty years ago? Did you ever think we'd ever be reliving? a war type of setting again between two wrestling promotions after WCW and ECW folded? Not, I mean, initially, yeah, I did think at some time it could happen again. But after 5, 10, 15 years, you kind of got the hints. Vince has this on lockdown. We're not going to see another competitor. Well, so, that's... No, I didn't think we'd see that again, but never say never in wrestling, right? No, and that will be the case come September, come September 18th, as news broke yesterday that NXT will be moving to the USA Network to counter-program AEW, which they will start on October 2nd. So, a lot of news I still don't that. think it's competition right now. Well, that's kind of actually where I was going first with that. Actually, yeah, it is. It is. Who am I kidding? Yeah, seriously, think about it. Well, let me ask this, though. Do you think this is a petty move on WWE? 100%, but it is business, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It is business. I, of course it's petty. You have how many nights of the week and you can't give another company one night, but it's business, and this is Vince McMahon. Okay, but now I'm, I agree with you, but I'm surprised, though, with, like, even if you look at a company like NWA, which they're supposed to be getting a TV deal, I think, soon. I haven't heard anything about any networks that are in the lead for that. 
who's AJ? True, but you can't compare NWA to AEW. No, we haven't really seen any. We haven't really seen NWA by themselves. Correct, but you, as a company right now, you just can't compare the two. No, no, you can't. You really, you can't. But so I, exactly. Well, That's like saying we, there's a reason why Vince wasn't on Thursday nights to counter-program yeah. Impact Wrestling. Yeah, well, that's, if Vince yeah. doesn't see you as a threat, he doesn't do that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But what's funny is, first thing I want to get to before we get into who about obviously I asked you about the petty part is I shared an article with you guys a couple of hours ago that I actually found that I wrote last November. Yes, key part. John wrote everyone. <laughs> Very funny. Um, that I wrote last November that I said NXT needs to go to two hours a week. Which wasn't a so crazy I, thought then. No, because my mentality at the time was when you see, oh, here's Cruz now. So let me bring Cruz Ladies on. and gentlemen, from <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. It's, yep. It is. It is time for the one, the only, the Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican, Cruz Santiago. <laughs> oh, great. Cruz has put himself over. Oh, great. Oh, because you haven't been doing that in the last 30 seconds. No. Hey, 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 hey. How's it going, I, it was an article. Good, good. It was nothing. But no, what I was saying was I wrote this article almost a year ago because of the fact you had so many guys being signed by NXT that I figured it was time for them to go to two hours. Did I think it would ever happen? No, but I was kind of, as I always say, I was trying to predict the future, and I somewhat predicted correct. I didn't predict that they'd be going to USA Network, but I did predict that they would go two hours. But, so I guess we'll start off with this then. Does this affect them calling up anybody now, being that they'll be on the same network as Raw and SmackDown? Cruz, you want to one, go this one first? Oh, sorry. So I definitely think there will be a hierarchy between these shows. Raw will always be the flagship Vince McMahon's favorite show, so that one will always get the cream of the crop, um, with the exception of maybe this uh, initial period of SmackDown. That might be a little different. They might throw everything in the kitchen sink there, but eventually, once everything calms down, it'll go back to Raw being the priority, SmackDown second, NXT last. Uh, Call-ups will happen, but now I see relegations happening to so people who are being used, and, and I'm definitely thinking of Sami Zayn, uh, Apollo Crews, maybe even someone like Titus O'Neil, uh, The Ascension, they might be relegated back down to NXT, you know, and, and they might have more of an opportunity to do something there, if that answers your question. Well, yeah, I mean, we're kind of seeing it now a little bit with guys like Killian Dane. I know Apollo just made a quick one-off appearance back in um, at Full Sail Take on Kushida. So we're seeing guys slowly but surely who are not being used on the main roster are being brought down. I mean, look at uh, Brizongo. They just reunited, I think, two weeks ago after we hadn't seen Fandango for over a year. But, Jeremy, what about you? Do you think with NXT now being on the USA Network, it kind of makes the call-ups now kind of different? Absolutely. Um no, we talked about this recently when we were saying it's amazing how Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, and Matt Riddle were still in the NXT roster. Now we can see why. 
They've been preparing for this for a while. Yeah, I do think so. Right now, I think in the beginning, it's all hands on deck, meaning they need their top guys there. And I think Cruz hit the nail on the head that you're going to see main roster people make appearances there. Yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised I, if you see Roman Reigns show up there one night. I mean, nothing. there's nothing they won't do. And, and what's funny is if you listen to a lot of the AEW guys like the Young Bucks, like Chris Jericho, they're not looking at this as being war. Their, their intention um, was never for this to be a war. No. So, but they, they people, had to know in the back of their minds that there, this is a possibility. Well, I think they kind of they kind of took Wednesdays being that, okay, they're a startup company, and they knew damn well if they were going to go up against War or SmackDown, they were, gonna, they, they were not going to do that well. So they figured, let's go to Wednesdays. There's no wrestling on on Wednesdays. And from what I've heard the last couple of days about Vince, Vince McMahon does not let down for anybody. He's not the type of person that he would turn around and just give you Wednesday night without even trying to count the program, as we saw with you. If he sees you as a threat. If he sees you as a threat. You have to be clear about that part. He'll give you Wednesday night if you're not a threat to him. Yeah, but then, okay, but then what's funny is if you want to be technical, what does he have to go off with AEW? All they've had is Bubba and Nelson fight or fast or fight and fight for the fallen. But they got a TV. Hold on, John. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a great question. They got a TV deal with TNT right off the bat. (laughs) Uh, Shots fired. No other company has really been able to do that since they took over WCW. And he lost Moxley to them. Jericho went over there. Guys, he values. Yeah, yeah, they have done a lot. And Double or Nothing broke the internet that night. Yeah, well, I I get what you guys are saying. I'm just looking at it as, to me, and the comments everybody keeps saying is NXT out of the three out of three of them, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. NXT is the closest show that WWE has that's similar to AEW as being more of a pro wrestlers type of show than you know Raw or SmackDown, which are more of the sports entertainment side. Right. But my thing that I'm very curious to see, and I hope AEW does not do this, is if I'm AEW. I don't even acknowledge what WWE is doing. I think I think you've seen the extent of that. It'll be just this week, and that's it. That's what that's what I'm thinking. That I think once TV starts for both company, for obviously we know that NXT started September 18th, and then we know that AEW starts October 2nd. Once they start going, I would not make any mention, because the second you make mention of what they're doing in NXT, you're basically saying, okay, this is a war now. Which, if you heard Cody and the Young Bucks, since the whole thing with AEW got started, they were looking at this as more as an alternative to the WWE. Not, we want to take the, we want to, you know, fight the, fight the machine. So, there's, believe me, there's still a few things I'm very curious to see and also, we also got to remember, guys, NXT, unless I, I, unless I you, know, you know, didn't hear this, NXT is, is staying in full sale, correct? Hello? Yeah? Can you hear? Okay, now I can hear you. Oh. What I was trying to say was, 
is that NXT is staying at full sale, correct? Can you hear me now? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 that's, I would imagine now with the two-hour show that it might be I mean, it might be headquarters down there, so the majority of the shows will be at full sale, but they'll be traveling more. So we, I, I we've just, known of NXT live events since 2014, right? Yeah. NXT live events were, I mean, I've, I've gone to some up here in Cleveland as far back as 2015 when I first met Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Sammy, uh, I think I saw Finn Balor. And I was in the Cleveland show, Cruz. Cleveland show. Yeah, the Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I was there. The very first one. I was the very there. first NXT live. Yeah, Cleveland show. Uh, so I, I want to say that was 2015 in the in yep. the spring. Money, so, uh, Money in the Bank weekend. I thought right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. <clears throat> well, so, so you guys were in the same place. Yeah, they have been. They have been. Tr- other. Yeah. 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 Small world. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they've been traveling since then, so I would imagine now we will see some of those live events televised. Yes. Okay. I, I see what you're saying, but I think another thing also... Especially if, if, if it doesn't work out that well for them in the beginning, they're going to get even more desperate. Well, that's why... But I'm it's t- going to take I... away some of the appeal of NXT. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But it's also people are not talking about it right now. Yeah, it's good, but it's also going to put more eyes on it, though. But I also want people to be aware, though, because I know the other big thing that was brought up, and I know it's been brought up amongst a lot of the wrestling groups, and I know a lot of the wrestling podcasts have mentioned this, is what about the network now? Because if you, if you remember, when the network, in the, since the network's been around, which, which is 2014, the network's basically big show was NXT. So now I'm curious to see initially, if people are going to... Initially. Oh, yeah, initially. Then you had, you know, shows like Table for Three, uh, Rhino. No, and there was more of the roster. When oh, you had that, that run they had with Enzo and Kaz and Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and those guys, they yeah, dominated the network. Yeah. yeah, but then, but now the thing's going to be that you can now get NXT on the USA Network unless you're like a diehard fan. Yes, you can still get, you know, the TakeOver specials and you can still get NXT UK. But now, do you see all of a sudden now people, all of a sudden the subscription numbers go down now because NXT now is on regular cable? Mm, right now, no. Because I don't think NXT is as strong in the network as it used to be. Oh, no, their, their product has gone down. I'll be the first one to agree, 100%. I would say within the last year, it's kind of gone a little bit downhill. Right. As long as they get pay-per-views on the network, I think that'll carry the network. Yeah, but you're going to still... But the nice part is, though, while I, while I talk about subscription rates may go down, you have to still get from the other side, because now that you have the casual fans who are watching this now, they may look at it as, oh, let me go check out what's on the network now, and also you may see numbers Correct. go up. So it's kind of remember like, you still have NXT UK on the network. That's probably going to still be... Network yeah, but I think, I think also from what I heard, I think with this move, if I'm not mistaken, I think 205 Live is also going to come to an end. Yes. Because I think they're going to just merge with NXT. Which they so were kind then, of a part of them anyway. 
for for the most part. Yeah. But then essentially then you would have two... You know how like on the main roster you have the Universal title on Raw, then you have like the two, you know, mid-card titles, so to speak? With 205 Live now getting thrown into NXT, essentially now you'll have two mid-card titles as well with the Cruiserweight title and the North American title. But now, let's look at this from the, the other side. And the tag team titles. Yeah, and the tag team titles as well. But let's look at this now from AEW. If you're AEW, does this affect anything with you, or do you just keep business going as usual? I would stay the course. If I was AEW, I, I would be indifferent at this point because the buzz is with them. They have the energy of being the new kid on the block. All they have to do is to consistently present good quality programming, entertainment, and something different, something refreshing, which they're doing with uh, their uh, appeal to the millennials and younger. Uh, so if, if I was them, to be quite honest with you, I would not – I would not be too concerned with what's going on elsewhere. I would be concentrating on the quality of my product. So, no. No. I would just I, I would imagine that already in the plans are major, major matches. Jericho, John Mosley, Omega, Cody. Bigger things coming down the pipe. And we don't know who else is coming on board. We don't know. So... There's, there's a lot of interesting things going on there, so no, I, I don't think so. Jeremy, what about you? No, not one bit. They have so many big, like Cruz said, they have so many big plans, and they've been doing everything right so far. Why sweat the small stuff right now? I hate to make NXT sound so little, but at the end of the day, it's not like it's Raw or SmackDown that's going head to head with them on Wednesday nights. You cannot compare well, the is- talent on NXT as a whole to AEW Spring. No, absolutely not. But what what makes this quote unquote Wednesday night war different from the Monday night war is you had WCW that were yes they were still they were taking over for the NWA but they were going up against an established show like Raw. You're basically now going to have two shows that have never been on cable TV before going head to head Wednesday nights. Right, and a lot of wrestlers have been on cable TV before. Well, yeah. I think basically it'd be for a lot of the NXT guys. I've never been on KMT. And AEW. No, you've had some of them. Some? No, and some on uh, And some on NXT. Yeah, but not a major amount. We're, yeah, but we're talking three or four right now. Yeah. In AEW. And yeah, but like Cruz also said, though, we also don't know who else is coming in. Oh, yeah. At this, at, Like I said last week, Cody made a comment... That there's only been, been, I think, 40% of the roster revealed. Mm-hmm. So we still don't know who else. We still don't know who else is going to be there. I mean, slowly but surely, I think we'll start to find out more and more, you know, as the weeks go on. I think we'll learn right. a lot more at all, at all out. But I think right now, I mean, if I'm AEW, I kind of have to agree with you guys. I would stay, cor- stay the course, keep the blinders on, and I wouldn't even touch what they're doing on um, at NXT. To right, me, and it remember, makes no sense. No, I agree, but remember, we're just regular fans. We found out about it this week 
like everybody else. You have to imagine AEW, the top brass there and the top talent there knew about this NXT thing months ago. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't Jericho the one who kind of spilled Jericho the beans on Bucks Well, uh, yeah, of course. And you got to imagine he still has, you know, ears in WWE. But you have to imagine they knew about this. That's why they had their tweets ready to go as soon as it happened. So I got to imagine also now it's not going to be LAX as Jericho's partners on the first TV taping. That's the statement. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? I think it's going to be two mega guys that is breaking the internet that night. I'm not saying who, but I think it's going to be. I think AEW will be trending more that night than NXT, and I'm willing to bet on that. Yeah, this might make Tony Khan spend more money than he has to to get some other talent. And I think he would do that. The fans are going to win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, AEW is never going to be complacent in the first place. They're definitely not going to be now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all win. Well, do you think that Wednesday nights will now become the major night for wrestling? Or is that always going to be Mondays? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do now. Because we're now going to have how many hours of wrestling on a week? <laughs> Too much. Yeah, exactly. So now that you're starting during Monday Night Football in the World Series, as you brought up correctly last week, yeah, and... But, People aren't going to want to watch a third hour of Raw now, especially with all this stuff. And Friday nights? Wednesday nights tonight. You know what? One of the things that I accredit to the explosion of the Attitude Era certainly was the youth. I remember high school kids watching it, seniors. I remember being in college and you know, Monday Night Raw was on the student lounge, the TV in the student lounge, and everybody was watching it. And then later on when I was in the Army, I, you know, have these humongous dormitories there, right? You know, uh, and just about every room had, you know, Sable and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Tori Wilson and Trish Stratus and The Rock and Triple H, Undertaker on the TV. So, and then I, I told Eric Bischoff directly like, you know, back then, we were on AOL chat rooms talking about, oh, my God, are you watching Raw? In nice. A primitive way, very primitive way of communicating with each other. But I told him I was communicating with other people in bases on the West Coast and Marines and sailors on boats and shit, whoever had Internet, 20-plus years ago. So, and, and you remember, John, that I asked him this. You were there, you know. Um he was cognizant that it was happening, and but they didn't know the value of it at the time. Today, they do know it. And I think the battle is really between those 18 to, I'm going to say about 32-year-olds, you know, to, to see who wins that demographic. Uh, for the most part, people our age, Jeremy, they're, they're, they're loyalists to, to the WWE, but whatever. 
So you would Which you don't have to be. be worth. I mean, the mentality of some of those people is right. such that it's like talking to a rock, you know. And no, 100%. Only from the sense that I, I would like to uh, support the best quality, the best quality in pro wrestling and stuff like that. And, and the company with the biggest resources, in my opinion, should be providing that by leaps and bounds, and they don't. So that's just my opinion of it there. But with AEW and what they presented and what they want to do, their vision, quality is their key word there. They want the best in-ring wrestling, the best singles matches, the best tag team matches. They want to give you the best women's matches. I, I right, don't and they want to elevate talent. NXT, correct. And, and you're talking about new talent, people who are, haven't had that exposure. So, again, this element of being something fresh and new, not the same old rinse and repeat, not three-minute matches where Sami Zayn gets fucking buried again, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that, that's a tough hill that's a tough uphill battle for NXT, and I, and I feel sorry for them because in, in I, I truly believe that at the end of the day, most AEW fans are NXT fans. We wanted this to be between the main roster and AEW, if at right. all. Not with NXT, but that they did this underhanded bullshit. I, to me, <laughs> they knew it what they were doing. Of course. It, they knew it, what it they is were underhanded doing. Because you're hurting your talent at NXT. It's supposed to – they're not developmental for a while. I mean, they become their own brand. But you're only going to use your core group on TV in the beginning, your established stars. You're not going to come in week one and help develop a young star at NXT, which is what the whole process of NXT is about. You learn at the performance center. You work your way to a TV taping, to a takeover. That whole process that Triple H has created is now thrown out the window. How you treat your talent there now. I think it's going to hurt their brand. I really do. I said in the beginning it's going to hurt NXT, and now even more, I think that. Some people are going to be on TV who aren't ready. I'm curious to see. Yep. But I'm probably not yep. going to be watching. So you'll have to tell me, guys. I will tell you right now, I'm not going to be watching. I'll be watching All Elite Wrestling yes. and throwing my full weight behind them. Uh, and I'm not going to be flipping. Yeah, because quite frankly, that's who I expect is going to give us the absolute best quality. Right. So, and the and the most and the best entertainment. What do you, what do you extent, think, John? No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. My, it's Jeremy. My my opinion Jeremy. is I'm going to be watching AEW, one hundred percent, and the next day I'll catch up with whatever happened on NXT on YouTube, with the clips of the key parts. I may still attend the occasional takeover because I expect excellence from them. Um, like you said, the occasional YouTube and, and social media. Look, my Facebook right. and especially my Twitter, they give me, <laughs> they spoil too much for me there. Uh, well, they keep me informed. Let me be nice. Um, but still, this this is, I don't know, this spells disaster to me for, for NXT. And I've I already told you guys how long I've been an NXT fanatic since 2015, since that first NXT live show, and all the way forward. I mean, and probably before then, so I was watching it on the network. And um, 
more to the point. I, mean, I, I just I don't I don't I see failure coming in the future for th- the three brands of WWE, and as Jericho just mentioned today, an oversaturation of their product. There's there's no reason to watch Raw when I can catch oh you know two days ago on the last Monday Night Raw. You know, that's how NXT is probably going to start, and SmackDown is going to start, well, on Monday Night Raw and on NXT this week, you know, with, what's his name, Michael Cole, annoying voice. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I mean, listen, I watched NXT when they first got started, because I I knew FCW back in the day living in Florida. I watched NXT on its rise. I used to go to events at the Miami-Dade County Youth Fair. They would have local shows there, NXT. And I remember watching it grow and telling people, when they start touring, we're going to lose a lot of it. Because we knew we, we said for the longest time, we're spoiled. We got to know the wrestlers. Yeah. They got to know us. We were so spoiled because the shows were 99, 100% in Florida. Yeah. That's going to change now. And the Full sale people, who knows if they're going to be there every week. It was one thing when you had one taping one night for a month. Every week's different. So, so I don't, I don't really want to get into the economics of this move because fifty million dollars a year for NXT is a lot. That's what uh, USA paid. The w, yeah. Wow. Fifty million a year. Um. The WWE is going to make a total. Of about five hundred and twenty million a year off of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So, from from the investors' standpoint, I guess excellent moves all around. From the fans' perspective, too much is too much. If if their product was outstanding, NXT like all around, I would not be concerned about this right here, right now. But Again, I do wonder about viewership on Mondays with Monday Night Football coming and a lot of buzz in every – I mean, just a lot of cities are going to be buzzing over football. So right. Mondays, I, I, I don't – go ahead and say what, – what do you got to say about that? Oh, me? No, personally, I – you're asking your fans to shell out money three times a week for your product. And, and four of you at a pay-per-view. $350. Now, you're saying you're not going to go to every show, but somehow you're asking your demographic to do that. AEW is saying once a week. Twice at the most. At a fraction of the At a fraction, at a fraction of, the cost. of the cost, and you're not going to see this talent as often, so you're clamoring for more of it. Hmm. We saw... This wild card, wild card rule worked in the opposite direction where it didn't help the ratings, but the same top stars were taking up a lot of time on SmackDown and on Raw, and guys like Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy until recently, uh, Aleister Black, completely missing. You know, <laughs> uh, We saw it work in the opposite direction. You mentioned a hypothesis there about a possible scenario where a top star, Roman Reigns, coming to an NXT show to help in ratings. 
how detrimental will that be to the developing stars? And in the long run, could this have the opposite effect of driving talent away from the WWE? 100%. Especially guys in NXT who might not be able to get on TV now. I do well, think it's going to... There's too much... There, there is, what's an old saying, too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think this is... I think WWE's overdoing it. We've been saying that for a while, and now this is just... This is too much. NEC had its nice niche. One hour a week on the network. With the takeover. Now mm-hmm. it's going to be oversaturated like Raw and SmackDown. You've taken away the intimacy of it. That's what made NEC so special in the first place. You had that indie feel. Yeah. It's gone now. AEW is still going to keep is that there, feel on network TV, which is credit to them. So is there any possible scenario in which they could be successful? And let's really uh, let's really explore that because okay. we want to – I mean, I, I we, think we, certain we, audiences are kind of built in. I, I don't think there's the people who were like, oh, I was totally going to watch on Wednesday night, AEW, but now NXT's on, so forget it. I think if, if that was the case, those people weren't going to watch AEW in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. There's, there's a group of hardcore NXT fans that will watch unconditionally. Yeah, I think, listen, talent drives everything, right? Yeah. If they have the right talent and they book them right, of course they can be successful. But are you going to have Adam Cole be your champ for the next five years, sir? And you're hurting his development? Hmm. So now there's quite a few names, a few top names there with Tommaso Ciampa coming back right. eventually. Uh, Keith Lee coming up the, through the ranks. Austin Theory coming up through the ranks. Uh, See, that'll be great for Matt him. Matt Riddle. It gives him a great platform right off the bat. It it sure does. And it comes back to that statement that I said last week. It's a great time to be an independent wrestler because, wow, you've got four good promotions (laughs) to to, thrive for employment. Uh, Certainly the WWE, AEW, Impact, in my humble opinion, and Ring of Honor, uh, MLW, certainly developing a up and coming a house of house excuse me, House of Glory is certainly NWA. coming up strong. <laughs> the NWA's resurgence. So that's actually you know what, that, that's something that I didn't even think about. Triple hmm. I mean Yeah. Yeah. I think like we talked I think we talked about this last week. Now even more, if you're an independent wrestler, you better bring your A game at a show because there good chance there's one, two, three, four scouts out there. I love that, it that I, the independent independent scene is going to thrive now. Yeah. I remember hearing a, uh interview with Mr. Wonderful, Paul Ondorf. And I, I want to say that he was talking to John Cena's dad in an interview. He talked about up and coming through the territory days and how you, you always followed the money. 
but eventually you, you, sometimes you got caught up in a certain promotion or a certain area your time had had come and gone you know the paydays weren't as good and when he started talking about you know making $80 a night for a wrestling match in the 1970s so I'm, I'm going to say around 73 72 or something like way way back then um Listen, we we were kids of the seventies, right? <laughs> we remember what eighty bucks was back then, you know. Still it bought into a, us. a decent pair. Yeah. <laughs> Still a lot of money to me. Um, <laughs> but for a big humongous name to, to imagine now that someone in the independent scene could easily make a hundred thousand dollars, six figures for sure. or more. Could make thirty thousand dollars a month if if they really applied themselves and went out there. Right, the money is there. That's, that's that is humongous amounts of money. Um, but because I heard an interview with Sean Spears, effect, Sean Spears was talking about when he was deciding to leave WWE, uh-huh. and he said, "I know for a fact, independent wrestling can pay for a mortgage on a house." Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, I mean, look at Joey Ryan, who's applied himself. Yeah, independent scene is going to be right up there now, like as a lucrative way to make money in wrestling, which you never thought would be the case. And it's still—I know it's still a taboo subject to. I, I would never ask a wrestler directly, hey, "How much money do you make?" Only making assumptions here or extrapolations off of what we hear in interviews, but. The money is good, so the contracts for the Performance Center or an AEW have to be that much more enticing, and that is just a, a, a great benefit, a, a great positive of the AEW effect that a lot of people in the IWC don't really discuss. I guess it's not our business what the wrestlers make, but that they're making more money, that there's much more of an incentive for them to give us their best. To me, that's outstanding, and that's something that we should thank AEW for. Right. I know wrestlers should definitely thank AEW for. So not only better quality and programming for us, but a better life, better quality of life for them. Win-win situation. No, I completely agree there, because I think it's going to happen eventually. I mean, they're not going to be like the NFL and say this player to this much money. But I never thought mm-hmm. I'd see the day where WWE issues a press release saying we just re-signed Roman Reigns to a multi-year deal. Vince has always been so secretive about that stuff, and understandably so. That's something so I, that, I was that's very still surprised. new to me to see. Yeah, I was very surprised to hear Brock Lesnar makes $13 million a year. Right. I, I, so for, someone, for someone who is so private... Um, <laughs> it, it, it was. It certainly took me. I was taken aback by it. The sheer magnitude. Hulk Hogan didn't make that much money. By by the equivalency of what he made back then, he didn't make that much money in at the height of his uh, popularity. So, wow, what an interesting time for these guys all around, from Jericho to Mox, Reigns, Rollins. Even the guys down in NXT, and this this is definitely the time if you're young, athletic, if you're listening to us, and if you're 
in any way, shape, or form considering it, man. Go down to a schoolhouse, see if it's for you, because who knows, man, from the time you walk in to one of those schools to maybe three years later, you could be on on NXT. You could be on AEW. You could be on Ring of Honor. That's, that's just phenomenal to me. It was a long track record for uh, an independent guy in the ter- territory days. I want to say it took about six to eight years before the WWE really took notice of them. And, oh, okay, we're going to give these guys, we're going to call them demolition. They're going to come on. And then it was a huge hit, right? But they were in the territories forever. They were professional with with many years of experience, man. But now nowadays, this is the time for the youngsters to really jump on this. So Monday night, oh, excuse me, Wednesday night wars, that, that's – in my humble opinion, that's all in the mind of Vince McMahon and the WWE fans. From my standpoint, there is no more. I'm going to watch all sure. elite wrestling. Um, I was asked. I've cho- we chose a side. I mean, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked recently, what would we do? Well, what would I do? Should all elite wrestling fail and all the hype dies down? Uh, the quality goes down. They don't deliver. They don't succeed. What happens then? So can you answer that for me from your standpoint? What would you do should oh, man. this huge experiment fail? Oh, the only way that would happen is if WWE does incredible things. So then they might have drawn me back in then. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't ever want to think about something like this happening, but <laughs> yeah, WWE has left a sour taste in my mouth. But like I said with Sasha Banks yeah. last night, last week, I'll give anyone a second chance. Yeah. Uh, ooh. But listen, I mean, for me, when college football season's on, wrestling takes a ba- uh, secondary role to to that. Mm-hmm. I love wrestling, but. It, antis- it it hypes up even more for me when college football season ends. Because I don't really watch the NBA yeah, yeah. and the NFL like I used to. Oof. You know, I I would think the indie scene will still be in a boom then. And Ring of Honor will still be going, and New Japan will be going. So I'll have wrestling. But I think at some point Vince is going to go into Japan and say, listen, Okada, we'll give you $6 million a year. What do you say? If, if, yeah, if not much more. If not more. It, it's going to happen, too. I think Vince will do some things he has not done before. And, and you know, we didn't talk about this, Cruz. If it's on Wednesday night, who do you think is going to be calling the shots there? Vince McMahon is already overworked, overloaded, working more hours than he should at his age. Now you're asking him to devote another day to this? Well, it's it's interesting. What, what would a CEO? What does the CEO of Johnson and Johnson do? They work practically every day. What's, what does the CEO of Ford do? He works practically. Well, she right. She works practically every day. So, but you would hope they delegate to other people, so they don't have to work so twenty-two hours problems. a day. So in, in the setup, not the setup. In the organization of a corporation, there will be processes in place for uh, the delegation of responsibilities. And, and I guess if, he, if he's the executive 
officer, they're going to be vice presidents and, and vice, well, I guess lesser executive officers who can step can step in and make these decisions for him based on track record. So his children, his stepson, definitely I would see them, but also the this female president who was recently in, in the news. Uh, so, so there's quite a few there's, – there's a group of people there who can step in collectively together. They can keep the machine running on Wednesday nights, right? Or, or, or God forbid, if something were serious was to happen to him, hospitalization, his death or something like that, the machine would continue to run. Personally, me, I know from the personal dealings of, of business, the WWE will not be the same those those big lucrative deals might not come in the future as easily as they've done in the past. So that would be catastrophic in my opinion for the WWE, but they will survive. They will continue. Oh yeah. Maybe not as good. Not as good. I don't think they will be as good. But then again, if create if remove Vince from the creative process, <laughs> things automatically get better, no? Oh, of course. I mean, Hunter will do some amazing things there. We know that. This could there's, slow down his timetable for taking over. There's there's something that you mentioned here about going to Japan. You, based on, well, based on the history of how WWE does business, they would go to Japan to offer Okada to, you know, some, some way of luring him out. But... It wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility for them to do collaborations with the NWA, with WWE versus the NWA, NXT versus New Japan, NXT versus Ring of Honor. The, these are things that we have not seen in the past. That's a great point. And if point. they come in the – yeah, these are things that – Well, Triple H has said he's all for future, that. Yeah. He has made that crystal that clear, <laughs> and I think New Japan would work with WWE yesterday if the turns are right. <laughs> well, especially with what the elite did to them. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I mean, it amazes me how they're they're so bitter about that. And, and I and I lost a lot of respect for New Japan when they wouldn't let Kenny have a proper send off. But I wasn't there. Business is business. But I, I don't think that was right for what he did for that company. Mm-hmm. But. That being said, yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. I think NXT is not going to be devel- uh, a place to build talent anymore. It's it's going to so be then, almost on par with the main roster. Could we then consider it the main roster? Yes, 100%. How is it any different? If you're on two hours a week on live TV, that used to be the whole point. Go to the Performance Center so you could eventually be on Monday Night Raw or, or SmackDown. So I'm going to go to Foreign Center so I can be on Wednesday nights instead of Monday or Friday. One of the it's hurting things the main roster to this thing. It really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, my biggest uh, critique of the main roster was the fact that a lot of it is repetitive. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler versus uh, you know, Seth Rollins. We saw that match how many times in their okay. rivalry. Shane, Shane and, Ballard, and Kevin Corbin. Owens. You know, it's it's gotten to the point, honestly, where 
when I do tune in to SmackDown, I'm like, Shane and Kevin Owens again? Give this shit a rest for a week. Right. Give us a break for a week. It's it's fine if you do this next week. Give somebody else a chance. Give me another story. I, I don't care. Something different. But it's just always on, on it. This is why I supported Brock Lesnar disappearing for three months. Just go the fuck away. I, I don't care. I don't want to see you. Let me see somebody else. But I, I seem to be on the far end of that opinion there. And I, and I realize that. Coming back towards the middle, we don't need to see Seth Rollins every week. Give him a week off a month. We don't. I don't need to see Roman Reigns. Sometimes, you know, the Raws, when he's not around for a week, sometimes end up being better. We miss him a little bit. And, and by the grace of God, his, his whole storyline with Buddy Murphy and Daniel Bryan has gone very interesting in this last few weeks. <laughs> right. I'm actually... I'm actually enjoying an entertainment. I am too. <laughs> you know, you could probably listen to me in this podcast and say, oh, he's just a WWE hater. That was my true love in the first place. I just, they just <laughs> everything they could to get me away from them. But if it's good, I'll give the credit. And I've enjoyed that storyline as well. It's been well done. <laughs> but once again, I if we want to get back on them to have Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman as your tag team champs. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I I do. I value the members of the Bullet Club. I I think that they have not been used. They they should have been used the way that the Undisputed Era is used in NXT. Correct. More so. They should have. They should have written that wave of Bullet Club popularity to the nth degree because that's what the fans wanted. They missed that that boat. They missed that train. Um, well, they couldn't use the Bullet Club likeness or name. Correct, and, and but they went with the club. You still treat the wrestlers with a high priority. That that would have been more than enough, you know. We, Absolutely. We understand, we understand uh, copywriting laws and stuff like that. So, putting that aside, right now. It's still the second inning in this storyline with Braun Strowman. I'm I'm gonna be a, a little patient because I happen to like Braun Strowman for the stuff that I see of his on Instagram. He's a big gun guy. He's he's certainly into fitness, which you know yeah. these two things I, I value. Uh, and he's, he's the nicest funny. guy you will ever meet. And he is super nice. You know, can't help but love the guy. He is a big teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. And, and by – there's another thing, Jeremy, that I, I have to share with you and John and with our listeners. By – not by surprise, but I, I guess the magnitude, the, the, the multitude of WWE professionals on my Facebook page, my Facebook friends list, is a lot more than I thought. I know a couple of wrestlers who I have befriended on Facebook. Uh, you, you know who they are. But there's also cameramen, photographers, stagehands uh, who are on my Facebook group. And I started just by chance. I I pulled up WWE and other promotions to see, uh, well, who works there, who's on my Facebook list. And there was about six names of people who work there. So I looked on their Facebook page, and I'm like, ah, look at this. There are people on my Facebook page who I have befriended, 
probably from Facebook groups, wrestling groups. Uh, I definitely keep my content, the wrestling content, within closed groups. Because, quite frankly, if I'm cursing someone out because in an argument over wrestling, which I have done, um, I don't want Not my you. teenagers seeing that. <laughs> I don't want my mother seeing that, right? Uh, oh, you know, we get into it, but, you know, it, it's all in fun. You know, at the end of the day, if they're sick, something terminal, something serious, you know, I got their back. And uh, all, all of this goes to the side. But, uh, yeah, we get heated, you know. It, it's Alpha males are going to be that way. and uh, But there's professionals on my Facebook page. So you never know who's listening. You never know who's watching you. You, you cannot just go on here and just say, okay, well, Braun Strowman sucks. Perhaps the way that they're using his character sucks. Perhaps how he's being booked sucks. The man himself uh, behind the character, he's a decent human being. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, honestly. And that goes for the Bucks, and that goes for a lot of these wrestlers. That oh, of course. The, IW, that the IWC is just cursing out, like, oh, Jericho is a big jerk, and he he's a hater of WWE. <laughs> Guys, please. You know what? He's under if, contract if with Jericho AWC. wanted... Yeah. Yeah. He has you know never been one to shy away <laughs> from saying anything, and he's not going to stop now. <laughs> but... If he decided he's done with AEW and wanted to go back to WWE, the red carpet would be rolled out for him. Of big course. time. People and thought the Hardy would never be welcome back. As <laughs> soon as, as, as they called Vince, Vince said, I'll have you at Mania. I mean, trust me, there's so many times now. I, I, I can't count enough how many times, oh, this guy will never be welcome back to WWE. Vince would never take him back. Or this person would never work for Vince again. Brock Lesnar was in a huge lawsuit with Vince McMahon that almost bankrupted him. He came back. People never thought the NWO would come back. They came back. Trust me. Chris Jericho is like the least in that list. He never left on bad terms. He just was a free agent and went somewhere else. Moxley was a little different. But trust me, Vince will always take you back if you're good for business. So, as I'm looking at New Japan in, in the mix of all of this, it's very interesting that you brought that up with Okada and, and if Vince ever came with a big contract. There are quite a few Westerners in New Japan who could waltz right into NXT right now and be major hits. Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, you could say Juice Robinson. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. These are big. Tamatanga and Tongaleo. The, the Gorillas of Destiny. Yes. <laughs> the list goes on. I mean, Tensu and Nato will sell more Nato, shirts yes. in an hour than all, all, almost anybody from there. Sonata and Evil, if they came? If they came as a package deal, they came as a package and, and deal. Joined up, yeah. Because Kushida used to help. They're, they're not using huh. him. We didn't talk about this last week. How was Kushida not on Takeover? That's very interesting. That is wow, wow. And also Keith Lee. 
And also, well, Keith Lee's been buried since he got there. But Kushida came with a lot of fanfare. Yeah. And, and we also, Keith Lee, and I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it, I don't think he's the body type that Vince loves. The big guys. Yeah, I'm okay. As great a worker as he is. That's something that he can work on, though, yeah. He of certainly course. has the charisma, the experience. And, and you would hope the Kevin Owens when of the world paved the way for guys like Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, that's very interesting. Kushida, he's, he's easily one of their top wrestlers. He's up there with, I, I would say he's easily up there with, with Champa and Anyone. Adam Cole. Yeah. There's no one there that can out-wrestle him. Without a doubt. Very <laughs> He's kind of been brought along very slowly. Yes. Now yes. we know why a lot of Japanese wrestlers lately have turned down deals in WWE NXT. I can't oh, say Shinsuke Nakamura is calling people there and saying, oh, you got to come here. I know. I can't imagine Kenta was telling people in the New Japan locker room how great WWE is. <laughs> Possibly the opposite. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure they're cognizant of it. Uh, ok- right. Okada has joked about it. Uh, Sanada has joked about it on Instagram. Right. Um, Tanahashi was at WrestleMania where when Shinsuke and AJ went at it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that they're all watching WrestleMania and They've got to be fans of, of that company. Well, at least of that event. If right. they're in the world of wrestling. Uh, New Japan has two interesting events coming up this month. The Super Juniors Cup Tournament, which, in my humble opinion, is, going to, is rivaling the King of the Ring Tournament. And they've also got the uh, Royal... What is it? The Royal Quest at the end of this month where the big three matches are going to be Ishii versus Kenta in a never-open-weight championship match. Uh, Just for your information, Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii, the the pit bull, was voted by fans, by the fans, as being the MVP of the G1. The nine matches of his were pretty good. Not one was bad. Not one was average. Um, whether he won or lost, he was voted by the fans as being the MVP of the whole tournament, which was surprising to me. Cause, but definitely well-deserved. Um, in the second match of importance, Zack Sabre Jr. goes against Tanahashi, which should be an excellent match in and of itself. And, of course, the, the main match, the big one, the main event, Okada versus Suzuki. Look, oh, these wow. three matches on it on their own. Those three spell excellence. Then you have uh, the Gorillas of Destiny going up against the uh, winners of the uh, uh, the road the road to the Royal Quest tournament. A bunch of tag teams are going to go at it. Uh, you have Lij against the Bullet Club. You have K 
Chaos against the Bullet Club. You have other tag team matches there in the traditional New Japan uh, style, the, the three-on-three matches of you know the up-and-comers and the guys who mid-quarters at best. But those three big matches, this this sort of reminds me of this whole King of the Ring tournament thing. You said it would be best if they would just dedicate one entire show to the King of the Ring. Give us 20-minute matches. And I was expecting big things because of what I see New Japan doing. And, and I haven't even talked about the Super J Cup. I, I'm, I, I will in a, in a second here. This is how you book wrestling. The big matches, you give them time, you give them the freedom to to really put on great shows. You put the bullshit <laughs> respectfully. You okay? Let's say, just to say the not as interesting matches first, and you get them out of the way. And at the top of the card, you showcase your the best of the best. Yeah, the main course, absolutely. Now, this has been a formula that has worked as for as far back as wrestling has existed. You know. <laughs> The, the, the main acts are, are the big attractions. This is an interesting pay-per-view, in my humble opinion. If not for those three matches, you can add some of those tag team matches. But these three here alone would make me want to wake up early. I'm on the East Coast, so this show is going to come on, I don't know, 5 in the morning. I see John is texting us. Yeah. Oh, folks, we forgot to announce John has been off due to technical difficulties. I'm back, though. He's in human resources. He's back. <laughs> He's back from human resources. Oh, yeah. People thought it was just a joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. I I got a new... Ba- I'm not going to pull the curtain back that much. Basically, I got and a new nice joining us tonight. You all take care. Just kidding. <laughs> I got a new modem tonight that apparently does not want to work all of a sudden. So, so that's why. But what were, what were you guys talking about now? We covered everything, so right now John, so uh, what are your final yeah. thoughts? Oh, see, um, <laughs> No, I kind of caught the end the of King... it. You guys talk about Royal Quest, the New Japan show? Yeah. So uh, I just went over Royal Quest. I, I'm starting to transition into the uh, comparison of the King of the Ring with the Super Juniors Cup. I want to talk about the better parts of the King of the Ring. Uh, the bad part being the Sami Zayn three-minute match, which was bullshit in my humble opinion. Uh, but there was some good coming out of this with Samoa Joe, in my opinion, and most certainly with that Buddy Murphy. Uh, I mean, as far as those two matches when I saw both of them on Monday, I I liked the Samoa Joe-Sazara match. I felt it had you had two of the bigger hitters you know, in the event, I was, I thought they may have done something with Cesaro here, but it doesn't surprise me though that Samoa Joe moved on. As far as Alexander and Sami Zayn, obviously at this point, I'd like to find out when Sami Zayn's contract is up with WWE, because I think he should be somebody who should be heading to another promotion, maybe AEW at this point. Or NXT. Okay, so, NXT. so I can answer that right now. His contract is up in about three years and a little bit, I think, three years and two months. 
It's a long wow. time coming. Okay. So he's staying put. Yeah, nobody's getting released anytime soon. No, but somebody made a post on our Facebook. If you look at his entire run so far on the main roster, the guy hasn't even got a, a day with a belt yet. And yep. they also they put him in, in this ridiculous angle where basically... But in, in their defense, he has had trouble staying healthy. Yeah, I get that. I believe me. But okay, but that's, that can be excused for a lot of people then. Okay, I'll ask you guys this question then. Do you put Sami Zayn, take out the title for a second, do you put Sami Zayn in the same boat as Wade Barrett was? As far as a better worker? No, no, no. As far as not being able to give him a proper push due to injuries? Hmm. I mean, Barrett had more of an opportunity than Sammy ever did, being the leader of Nexus. I understand, but take out the IC belts. I'm talking about singles careers. Okay. One of them just singles careers. Would you kind of think... Wade Barrett's at least main event at a major pay-per-view. Sammy never has, or might not ever. I mean, he did technically main event a takeover. You want to get technical? Okay, but I'm talking about the big four. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, that part you're right. Wade Barrett may but, have vented against Randy Orton in Survivor Series. Yeah. I, I, and did the SummerSlam main event with the Nexus first, those guys. Yeah. But my, my thing is this, though. You look at, as far as singles go, to me, they're very similar in the sense that both guys could not get proper pushes because they were constantly injured. Yeah. It's hard to book someone long term if they're not healthy. I mean, look at. I mean, I remember they always made the comment about Christian for a while. That Christian never got a proper push because he was always in concussion protocol every other week. But okay, true. As, true. as far as the other side goes, I know Andrade had his match with Apollo. It wasn't. I, I'm pretty sorry. Wasn't the best match because I thought those guys could have done much better. It, I'll put it, it, was a, it was a good match until Selena Vegas to the picture. Then when she got involved, it kind of killed the entire match. The other, on the other side, Owens and Elias. Did anybody really said Owens is going to make it, being that his feud right now with Shane and how Shane's basically making his life right now a living nightmare? Are you outside? No. I'm, I'm on my phone because my internet's all screwed up. Okay. okay. Now it sounds much better. Okay. Okay. What I was saying before was, was anybody really surprised that Owen was not going to make it because of A, the way he's in books right now, and B, he's in that feud right now with Shane, and she was going up against Oh, I don't know. One of Shane's cronies there and Elias. I thought they would have him get to the finals and then maybe lose there. Yeah, it's something in To give such an impassioned it. speech like he gave to lose in the first round. But so something in me figured that Shane was going to have some sort of pull, especially if he was going up against Elias. I mean, we're also talking about the same Elias here who didn't even have to defend his 24-7 belt as we found out in the backstage segment, when all of a sudden he turned around 
and Elias presented Trace Maverick a note saying, due to his match with Kevin Owens, the 24-7 belt, the rules are off limits tonight. So, you knew damn well that this is going to basically play off that fate, that if Elias makes a huge run into the King of the Ring tournament, that we know damn well it's because of Shane. Okay. But yeah. I, I, John, you missed you missed earlier when we were discussing uh, this Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon storyline, and it's getting stale. It's getting to the point where it's becoming an annoyance. It, it, I myself thought, as a Kevin Owens fan, I thought to myself, you know what? Why don't you guys give us a break with this? Do this next week. We don't need to see this every week. It, it's nothing of importance. Get, either get on with a fight, a, a wrestling match, or wrap this up and put Kevin Owens in a storyline with Elias where they're going to wrestle. Do do something other other than this garbage here. So I oh, think I- it's run its course already, and, and Jeremy concurred with me. Uh we're ready for something new. We're we're ready for something else at this point. This should have been wrapped up at SummerSlam, as far as I'm concerned. I don't disagree. Which would make sense. Yeah, you would think. You would think with the whole storyline going into SummerSlam was that if Owens lost, he was forced to quit. That once he defeated Shane, it would have been okay, fine, move on, and. But I, I don't know why they're trying to to prolong this now. Because, and I agree with you guys, now at this point it's getting really bad. But I want to look quickly, before we, Cruz, before you get into the, to the juniors for a second, I just want to look quickly at the next set of matches that we will have. We'll have on Raw, we will have Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. The winner will take on Samoa Joe in the quarterfinals. And Miz takes on Baron Corbin, where the winner of that match will take on Cedric Alexander again in the quarterfinals. On SmackDown, Chad Gable goes up against his former tag team partner, Shelton Benjamin. The winner of that gets Andrade in the quarterfinals. And this next match, if they let these guys at least go a half hour, could put on a five-star match. Ali takes on Buddy Murphy, where the winner gets Elias. I mean, which matches are we looking? For, are you guys looking forward to most in the next set of in the ones I just mentioned? So I'm gonna say the Ali Buddy Murphy match just because of how Buddy Murphy has emerged as such a big star recently. That's definitely the one I'm looking forward to. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, for me, it's the Chad Gable match. I love watching two athletic wrestlers go at it. Good point. So I would go with yeah. that one. But can I segue I would... for a second, though? Yeah, go right ahead. Sure. Okay, All Out released a new video right before we went on air tonight. Got to take a break Ooh. from that, that company in New York, so I'd like to just touch on it a little bit. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, they opened up in the control center with this gorgeous blonde bombshell. Finally, after staring at her for a minute, I picked up on what she was talking about. 
And she was just hyping up the Bucks and Lucha Brothers match. And it was a good, good promo, both sides. Okay, but then they did a, a sit-down interview with Hangman Page and JR. Fantastic. Okay. If you weren't sure if he was going to win at All Out, I dare you to tell me he's not going to win after seeing this interview. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was 80% sure, now I'm 100% sure. It was one of those emotional, just, I'm the underdog. Yeah, I'm 27, 28, but that's okay. And then JR talks to him and says, your family's going to be in Chicago. He's like, yes, they're going to be front row. They haven't flown in an airplane in 15 years, but they're going to go fly to see me wrestle that night. Wow. What else is new with uh, All Out? Oh, and they announced it'll be private party against Angelico and Jack Evans. Oh, excellent. Uh, take that, WWE. Um, <laughs> That's tag team wrestling. <laughs> yes. So, but I mean, next week, it's, we'll, we'll touch on it more next week, obviously, with the All Out, All Out preview. But I just wanted to touch on that show tonight. Only thing I'll I'll say about that, then the other thing I do want to get to, the last thing I want to get to with AEW, is I'm surprised they didn't announce anything with SCU and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Still got time. Oh, I I know. Uh, Did you guys hear who they just signed who used to be the voice of WCW back in the day? Tony. Mike Tanay? No, Very Tony Schiavone. <laughs> so now there's the rumbling <laughs> that, the, that the commentary team, when they head off the TV on October 2nd, will probably be Tony Schiavone and JR. Apparently WWE was making a hard run at him, too. Yeah, and actually, speaking about Tony Schiavone, did you guys see the video that has been posted of the cameo appearance he did? No. No? Uh, okay. I'm not going to mention it on air because it gets a little graphic, but I'll send you guys a clip of it. And you'll, I don't know if... You got to give our listeners a little bit of a tease. Come on, John. Um, he made a mention. It was one of those... Obviously, if, our, if people who are listening... Have, there's a website called Cameo.com where you can pay a certain amount of money and you can get shout-outs from... Yeah, we did that. Wrestlers. We had that on our show a couple of weeks ago for Cruz's yeah, birthday. Yeah, for Cruz's birthday. And apparently this guy sent one for Tony Schiavone, and Tony made some sort of remark that, oh, you should go order Bluetooth because you want to you want to stay, you know, hard. <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> If folks want to, they can come to the Comeback Wrestling page site after the show tonight, and I'll try to see if I can get the video on there. But I'll just leave it at that, though. So, one bit of news from All Elite Wrestling that I found out today is that their show in West Virginia, which should be the fourth episode of their uh, Wednesday night show, uh, will feature the first um, tag team championship match. Correct? No. No. So, no uh, as AW correspondent, sorry to interject, 
It'll be the fifth show, and they will be crowning fifth champions show. that night. Yeah, that's the final. Okay. So I said that's the October thirty thirtieth show. Yeah, Remember, yeah. you you'll have two shows within driving distance in two weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't go to that Pittsburgh one because uh, I'm going to be returning. I'm going to be returning from Puerto Rico that same day, so I'll be landing here like at 9 p.m. at night. So, uh, I'm I'm about halfway tempted if I can get tickets on Friday to shorten my vacation by one day. I, I'm that serious about. <laughs> but, yeah, you, there's, there's history going to be made in those shows. Yeah. But I think any of those shows are going to have history, especially the That's first That's why I said that, John. <laughs> That's here to reiterate. I know. But, no, it's, it, to me, it's, it's the whole thing. I, I don't want to stay that long on the whole thing with AEW, but because obviously, like Jeremy kind of made the mention before, we will have next week our... I guess you could say it's our first annual all-out preview. All right. How about our all-out all-out preview? Yeah, I'll have to say all-out preview. Just make it really work on that pun, but that will be okay. our show next. So we'll have we'll go basically. All I have to say is Jeremy and Cruz will basically love that show because we're going to be AEW for two straight hours. Oh, good. Yeah. We we'll won't talk about that that company from the north anymore. Called your North. company, John. Okay, they're not my company. First of all, <laughs> believe me, believe me, they're, they're kind of last on my list these days. <laughs> but yeah, but no. What I was so okay. So I'm just trying to wrap my brain here. So did, did you guys? I, you guys spoke about New Japan. You guys spoke about so Cruz. Let's go now uh, quickly. Into the Junior Cup tournament that starts. When does that start, actually? Tomorrow. So, the way this is the way that it should have been booked. There's three events here, right? Uh, tomorrow, on the 24th and the 25th. Tomorrow, the first eight matches of round one. That's the entire pay-per-view. Will Osprey, Amazing Red, Show versus Ishimori, Bone Soldier, Clark Connors, TJP, Robbie Eagles. Fantasmo, Kagushi, Jonathan Gresham, Yo, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee. Remember that name. Karistico, who we know as the first uh, Sinkara, Bushi, Rocky Romero, who's on commentary in New Japan, and Soberano Jr. Uh, all eight of these matches are going to be fantastic tomorrow. Uh, I, I will be up early watching this. Expect nothing but fucking excellence. Uh, two days later, the round two, the four matches, you know, in the New Japan format, they're going to have a bunch of tag teams in the first half of the pay-per-view. The last half is going to be this. You can expect even better uh, matches there. Two days later, or a day later, you're going to have the semifinals and the finals. Um, anyone can win here. I, I'm saying that Dragon Lee is probably going to go the whole way. Uh could easily be Will Ospreay, could be TJP. We don't know. I have to tune in. But this tournament here, it, it's it's New Japan. There's there's no frills. There's no big lights, big cameras, big city shit. You know, this is in ring wrestling 
with their cruiserweights, you can expect high-flying, energetic, good goddamn matches, and that's what they're going to deliver. Tune in. I mean, if you're if you're a New Japan fan, you're going to tune in. If you're not, you don't care for in-ring wrestling. You're not going to you're going to you're not going to pay attention. You you don't care. Uh, you're going to watch WWE. But you're going to watch WWE King of the Ring, <laughs> and you're going to see Sami Zayn and Cedric Alexander, who should have 25 to 30 minutes for a match, get three minutes. You're not going to see that in New Japan. So the world of difference, right? Yeah, I think we've kind of made that quite obvious at this point, but yes. But that's it with New Japan. We, we've covered a Royal Quest. It's going to be great. It, it comes up at the end of the month. It's the same day it's all out. So we, we can and, and because of the fact that we want to extend a lot of time for All Out, that's why we're talking about it now. And I guess now we can also talk briefly about the other event happening that day. Excuse me, which will be the NXT UK show. I think this is their second takeover for the UK brand, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they did Cardiff before. (laughs) Well, yeah, they they did Cardiff before. They may have done it for a TV thing, but I don't think they ever did a takeover. No, this is the first one, I think. No, but this is the second one. They did. Take over Blackpool. Oh, they did that. Yeah, where Finn Balor yeah. showed up. And yeah. okay. And, and Walter, Walter challenged Pete Dunne, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, and now before it that, it was before WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, but the two big matches I want to talk about briefly, or let me see if I can pull up the actual card quickly. I do want to talk about that a little bit because we won't be able to get to that next week before. Um, the other one. Let me just pull it up quickly. Give me one second here. Wait a minute. He, he said something that messed me up here. There was NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool and now this one, Cardiff. Yeah. Walter right. and Pete Dunne happened in New York. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I know. They set up the match. Uh, okay. that first uh, after Pete Dunne won, Walter came out and challenged him. Yeah, because that's yeah, what that's we're going right. to get us. That's the one when Nigel McGinnis basically had a mild, uh, uh, you know, kind of like. <laughs> we, get it, we get it. We get it. We get that it. That was so good. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, I but, think Finn Balor uh, opened the show that night, right? Yeah, that was okay. the one where it was. Uh, what's his face? Wasn't it Travis Banks? Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Absolutely correct. I don't remember exactly who it was that led to it, but. Um, yeah, because they used that show to segue from opening the performance center in the UK. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk, as they do have three title matches set. I know, yes, there's still one more NXT UK episode before TakeOver, but since we had a little bit of time and we won't be able to get to next week because of All Out, I figured let's talk about this now a little bit. Uh, quickly on this card, Tony Storm defends her NXT UK Women's Title against Haley Ray. Walter takes on Tyler Bates for the UK title. Zach Gibson and James Drake will take on the team of Mark Andrews, Flash, Morgan Webster, and Gallius for the UK Tag Title. Dave Mastiff takes on Joe Coffey in a Last Man Standing match. 
and Travis Banks picks on Noah and Dar in a single touch. Which match are we looking forward to most? All out. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so the big draw is going to be Walter Tyler Bates. So I'm going to say that's the one that I'm most looking forward to, but that triple threat tag team match looks very damn good too. The edge, because Walter is Walter, and he'll probably kill Tyler Bates. <laughs> Somebody made a comment that when they said when Walter's in full gear, full gear, he looks like a big baby. A big what? A big baby. Okay. But also a big baby that can probably kill most of us with one bad slap. So, you know, they can do his damage. But I, I, and also, exactly, in all seriousness, like, would you be willing to take a chop from that guy? Uh, no. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> if I, I do, if I... I, I do it, but I would demand medical attention immediately after the match. <laughs> you, you, Tyler Bates' that? chest is gonna be roast beef. It's gonna be more fucked than than uh, a college cheerleader's pussy, dude. It, oh my god! <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> How's that for effect? <laughs> Jeez. And we thought John's virgin line was bad. <laughs> okay. I just want to make this thing for a second. Tyler Bates comes in at 5'7", 175. Keep it PG. Okay. Yes. Walter, you, you see I'm just like skipping over this whole roast beef thing. I'm just trying to Make a point here. Walter is six four two ninety seven. Let's be real about something. Walter will probably kill Tyler Bates at this show. I I can't really see them really have Walter drop the belt when he made his big debut at the takeover, uh, at the first UK takeover. Then winning the belt on WrestleMania weekend, I can't see him dropping the belt here. But you no, know something? You. Respectfully, that storyline of David versus Goliath, the giant, is such a good classic epic story that, as is played over and in, in it's over and over in different iterations, it is still so good. It's still has us cheering for the underdog, right? That's what WWE fans did for uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. And, and you saw how they reacted. So should Tyler Bate win here? Wow. I, I don't think so. I don't think he will because then this whole thing they had with Walter come in would be pointless then. Mm-hmm. To me, yes, I see what you're saying about having the underdog win. But you also have to give it some realism here for a second. And let's be honest. We've seen Walter in the ring now. Or let me rephrase it. Walter, as they call him. And yeah. he's been in the ring. And mind you, they never made a mention, unless I, I didn't see it, 
Did they make any mention about Imperium being at ringside? I haven't, I haven't seen any mention of it. Because, you know, damn well if Imperium gets involved in this, I don't think they would, though, because it's a major title match. But let's be honest, they are heels. And as you saw on, on today's episode of the NXT UK, they took out Baby Leicester and Mar- 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 Marcellus, whatever his last name is, the other guy, right before Tyler Bate came in for the chair shot of Walter. So who's not to say that all of a sudden they're going to want their receipt next week and it's going to lead to something else happening at TakeOver? That's why I'm always I'm always very hesitant when it comes to these title matches when you got a guy who's in a big faction because you know damn well that faction's gonna get involved some way somehow. I mean, we've seen it constantly in the WWE in any promotion. Hell, we'll probably see it eventually in AEW down the road. Shh, don't say that. I, I know it's not going to happen right now, but I'm saying at some point. Different booking philosophies. Let's not forget that. Yes. 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 Thank you, AEW correspondent. My pleasure. Okay. <laughs> but my, my thing is this, though. We've seen it so many times where you'll see... I mean, didn't we see it in some of Adam Cole's matches where Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roger... Of course. The ring? They're heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in many heel factions. But they announced, uh, they announced that on their here? first night. If you wrestle one of us, you wrestle all three of us or all four of us. Yeah. But that's why, that's why I'm very hesitant with this match, especially with the, with Alexander Wolf and the other two guys. I'm very hesitant that they're also not going to all of a sudden, you know, be come in and then also you'll see, you'll have to see Pete Dunne and what's his face, Ted Seven make the same. In all honesty, speaking about those two factions, I would love, I know this won't happen, I would love for those, if they do like a second War Games match at TakeOver in Chicago, I would love it for it to be the Imperium versus British Strong Style. I just let those two factions go at it. Because I don't think we've seen such a faction war like this since the days of the X. Hmm. This is well, interesting. So, by your uh, what is your bottom line upfront recommendation? Is this going to be an event worth watching? Yes, because I don't, I don't. It's because it's going to be NXT. So you know, Dambo, you're going to get good matches. I mean, look it over this card quickly. Yes, we're all looking forward to Walker versus Tyler Bates because we think it's going to be Tyler Bates' funeral. But I think of one match that. People really got to look at. Look at Travis Banks and Noam Dar. You got two guys who can put on a great match, but I think they're going to be so pushed under the rug because of Tony and Kay- and Kaylee and Walter and Tyler and the tag titles. And I think that match is another match that people should look forward to. But yeah, I would definitely say to people they should definitely watch it for that because you don't know what you're going to expect. Ooh, all right. And you got to also realize, we don't know if they're going to, when the next TakeOver UK special is going to be, or if they're going to feature 
some of the TakeOver UK guys at TakeOver War Games in November. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out going into the fall. Because you also have to remember, NXT UK, like you mentioned earlier before it had technical issues, obviously NXT is moving to the USA network. 205 Live is probably going to be done and probably just get pushed in with NXT. So, which means your standalone wrestling show, weekly wrestling show on the network, will be NXT UK. So, they really are going to have to pick it up now, and I think this is where they have to start, is at the TakeOver next, next week. But, Cruz, what about you? Okay. So, I'm going to take your recommendation. Well, if depending on my schedule, because definitely All Out is the priority of that weekend. Uh, I should should be at home watching. So if I'm at home, I and, and this is on, I, I will definitely tune in. Um, still, I, I think I'm probably more interested in Royal Quest than this. But hmm, who knows? I'll definitely only, consider, especially that that main event, that main event well, and that tag team match. I know you guys spoke about um, World Quest before. The match I'm curious to with that one is Okada versus Suzuki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and you and most of the, all New Japan fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm really because I'm curious to see. Uh, let me ask you this. Has Suzuki ever held the IWGP title? Never. And he's been he's been part of New Japan now for quite some time now, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Many many years. Twenty some years. Interesting to see if they, especially. Okay, let me ask you this now. Because I didn't get to ask you before because I'm having all technical issues. Would New Japan be the type of company to have Okada drop the belt to Suzuki at Royal Quest? to finally give Suzuki his moment and then have Okada take it back a few weeks later so that they can really set the bill for Russell Kingdom. Yes, with one huge caveat that Jeremy is going to explain to you. What's, what, what Tell him your theory. On um, what? Oh, about Okada? Uh-huh. Uh, well, we were talking while you were off the air in HR, and we were saying how even more desperate Vince is probably going to get. Who's to say he doesn't make a phone call to Okada and say $10 million a year? How's that sound? That's, that's a possibility. I mean... And, and then Cruz, Cruz, Cruz went on and we went through the New Japan roster of the unbelievable talent they have there that we could see Vince or I guess now Tony Khan we can say too making major plays to get... I don't know if they would... The asking price for those guys had probably just shot up so much now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also, let's be honest. I I like your theory, but I'm just going to shoot it down for one reason, though. Who's to say none of them speak to Nakamura? We talked about that. (laughs) No, we said... I I doubt Shinsuke's giving them a call saying, you got to come here. And we can't imagine Kent is sitting in a New Japan locker room 
saying, oh, how nor great Kushida. it is. <laughs> or Kushida. Nor Kushida. Nor. Yeah, and then Kushida. we got into that. We're going to ask you this question now, John. We didn't talk about this last week. Are you surprised that Kushida wasn't on TakeOver last week? No, I wasn't. Because they okay. haven't really given, they really, okay, but then I'll tell you this one. But I'll isn't that a good time to introduce somebody? I agree, but I'll counter-question that one. Okay. Counter-program and counter-questioning, gosh. Okay. <laughs> what did, were you surprised then with how quick they've done this whole Matt Riddle, Killian Dane thing that they weren't on TakeOver? Because we were talking, I think this goes into what we were talking okay, about, Cruz. We think the whole formula that Triple H and the PC had with NXT is now out the window. Yeah, and we're talking about the Neville formula, the Sami Zayn, the Kevin Owens, the Finn Balor. Right. That formula is gone. Bailey, <laughs> Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I didn't even touch them yet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, that whole organic intimate, you become one with them approach, watch them move on to the main roster, and you feel like, you know, you watch them move on from college, is gone. Yeah. Because now they're bringing in, now they're bringing in guys who are meeting. Well, they were doing that too. Samoa Joe, Nakamura. But I'm saying, I'm saying, you look at the early, Bobby Roode. So look at the days before Bobby Roode. Look at the days before Samoa Joe. Right. Most of those people were homegrown talent. Hmm. That that could be a topic one night of discussion for sure. Finn Balor wasn't. Kent there wasn't. No way. Finn Balor was Nakamura was not. What's that, John? Finn Balor and Hideo and Tommy or Kent now were kind of the start of bringing in those top-tier indie guys. And Kevin Owens. No, wasn't Owens after? Owens was uh, before. Well, they, they came in around the same time. Them. They all signed right around the same time. They literally said within one week they had signed Kenta, Kevin Owens, and Finn Balor. Okay, but you can say those three guys were the start to bringing in guys like Bobby I Roode. think Danny Zane was the start. He was there before them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but then throw in Neville. Was it Neville also? I think he was more okay. homegrown talent. But this is what I'm just trying to say, though. You look at because he was not big look, in the states. I can go no, NXT all night, John. Let's do this. Okay, I get the point. I, my I love point it. Is this. My, here's my thing, though. You look at at once they sign Owen, Fowler, and stay with Thomas. That's when they truly started. To then bring in Samoa Joe, Eric Young, Briggs. Because then at that point, I don't think it's that NXT would be looked at as a developmental plan. No, but you're forgetting that the most major component behind that is once they left Full Sail to do these live events on the road, they needed names. You couldn't just sell out a place in, I'm going to say... Boston, with just the homegrown talent. No, absolutely not. But I think a lot of that came 
from, but I, but my point is this though: you weren't getting the sellouts in places like Boston, New York, Philly until you brought in guys like Bobby Roode, Samoa yeah. Joe, Eric Young. Hmm. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. But that's when they realized they could go to those places. But but that's my point though. Is once those guys started to come in, was what I said before about NXT. You know, I have a whole different theory on that, John. I'm glad you said that. I think they decided to go to the Arnold Classic just to have a presence there that weekend and support Dana Brooke. And they said, let's have an event in Columbus that weekend. And I think they were in Cleveland as well, Cruz? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the area. Let's have an event. Let's see how it works. They sold out in, what, 10 minutes? Something and like that. And that's when yeah. Triple H said we're on to something. No, no, and I, that's what got the ball rolling. And, John, it was, oh, my goodness. It was so disorganized. My, I, I was a lot bigger. I was, I was much more muscular than I am today back then. Uh, really, really stocky, a lot of muscles. I'm in my BMW. I'm driving. I drove to the wrong parking lot. I drove to the wrestler's parking lot. The guards let me in to this event. I didn't know where the fuck I was at. I was like, okay, I'm parking. I'm going to go indoors. I walk in through the backstage area, okay? I saw a little blonde girl, what appears to me, and now at this point I'm in my mid-30s, a cute little blonde teenage girl sitting down next to me. I looked her, looked away, okay, whatever. I start seeing wrestlers and backstage hands, and then I tell someone, I don't think I'm in the right area. I got directed to the front. Later on that night, I see the same little blonde girl come out in a blue outfit with sparkle this, sparkle that. That was Alexa Bliss. The girl's short. She looks, at least back then, looked like a teenager without makeup, without nothing like that, you know. And she's so little, so so petite. That's how open it was and disorganized and I guess just kind of a little bit ate up. Not Not the traditional stuff that you would associate with WWE. But it, it was just so organic and so personal back then. You know, oh, you, you yeah. really had a connection with the people. You, you had a connection with the wrestlers, man. You could high-five them. They would stick around afterwards. I mean, I okay, used to but... see them once to twice a month in Fort Pierce, Florida. I mean, it was okay. awesome. I miss those days, okay. like, so much. I haven't been there in two years to a show. Okay, it's not well, the same. I haven't gotten to experience an NXT event yet because the closest they've ever come was at the Hulu Theater at the Garden. That's oh, really? The they, never, they never went to Brooklyn for you, John? I didn't get a chance to go. <laughs> First ever Okay. You had chances, buddy. It went like five my, my... times. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, never been to Brooklyn. Okay. Here is... Point denied. Point. <laughs> Here's where I'm trying to get to my point. I'm just taking the biggest detour I can to get there. My point okay. is <laughs> My point is this. When you look at the way NXT was back in those days, back in the early days of Alexa Bliss, Sami Zayn, yes, they were able to go to little theaters in these areas and sell out quickly. Then, fast forward a year or two later, then all of a sudden, once you started getting Samoa Joe and Shinsuke and all those guys to come into the picture, 
then that's where I think the whole developmental thing went out the window. Because that's what I think NXT legitimately became the third brand of WWE. Because then what was happening was you were having guys who were working for Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, who were turning around and going, look, I don't want to go to the main roster right away, but I do want to get to the WWE. Let me go to NXT. I disagree. Uh, and they didn't have a choice. No, I don't, I don't think so, because then why did they allow somebody like AJ Styles? Because they had so many NXT. injuries. They had so many injuries that time on the main roster. They needed him desperately. And he said that in an interview. Oh, my goodness, he's a, he's a strong exception. He, of course, but remember, he also, Cena was out, Orton was out. That was the year the WrestleMania card was, like, decimated. Oh, it was 32. He was right. That's why Gallows and Anderson came up right away. Right time, right place. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I truly I get what you're saying. But we have about 15 minutes. <laughs> we have about 15 minutes left. And I want to try something a little different. Not going to talk about rope seats or anything like that. But we remember I presented you guys the idea about what would you equate a sports team to if it was a wrestler? Oh. So I want to give it a okay. little bit of a trial. I want to give it a little bit of a trial run right now. We really don't have anything else. Unless you guys want to talk about something else. But no. Okay. It's your so show, John. Take it away. We're not going to do that many teams. We're going to do a few teams. And I won't forget about mentioning, you know, team from Miami or team from Cleveland. So let's start off first. We'll start off with the Yankees. Simple, easy. Jeremy, who, who would you equate the Yankees to? John Cena. And not because JBL okay. said that on TV. But he really <laughs> is. Cruz? And CM, CM Punk. <laughs> I, I concur with him. Yeah, I think that would be a, a three-way tie on that one. I'll throw you guys another one. New England Patriots. Hmm. You go, Cruz. The New England Patriots. Always dominant, always good. Not very well liked outside of New England. That's Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. That's a good one. Jeremy? Uh, well, I know your answer, so I'm not going to take your answer. You know what? I think he's starting to get in. First of all, I love your answer, Chris. Seth Rollins. <laughs> hey. Okay. The new okay. Roman Reigns. <laughs> the new Roman Reigns 2.0. I'm going to top both of you on that one. I'm going to go with Triple H. Because if you remember, in the early days of Triple H, he wasn't doing anything. What he was going through as terrorizing and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he wasn't winning anything. Similar to the Patriots back in the early days before Tom Brady got there. Fast forward to Tom Brady getting there, all he does is win. And with a Triple H, he constantly wins. Let's go now. Okay. Let's no. Yours is awesome. Both yours. Yeah. We'll we'll go now. Oof. 
That's where it gets interesting now. Cause I can and is there a caveat? Different... We can't use the same one twice, right? Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It, it, uh, I'll it, try it, not to. Yeah, same here. Let's all, make it interesting. This is all dependent on what what you would put it as. Okay. Uh, now I'm really trying to think here of what. Um, Pick a good team. Pick a basketball, Miami. the Lakers. Yeah, roll Lakers then. Who would you guys play? Hmm. Oh, shit. Who's very flashy? Very, very celeb-like. Also, just want to make another and, caveat. And epic. Just want to make one other caveat with this. It's not specific for just WWE. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Who do, who do I who do I associate with long-term flashiness and success? Ric Flair. <laughs> That's it. Not that one. Ric Flair. Jeremy. Oh, okay. One and Randy Orton. Okay. That's good too. Gonna, yeah. 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 That's not not, not a bad one. I'm I actually go. asked Cena this question in Orlando at MegaCon about if Randy Orton is the Lakers, the Celtics next to him. Cena didn't want to be the Lakers. <laughs> I got one, but the guy I pick is going to be more for the future, but similar to the Lakers as far as being flashy and being successful. But my guy is going to be more for the future. MJF. That's pretty good. Okay. There's no wrong answers, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it gets us thinking. Yeah. Um, let's go. Let's go more to cruising area, Cleveland. Let's go Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> who has sucked forever and recently got really good? Well, still to be determined. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> At least really hype. <laughs> exactly. Who has sucked forever and has recently got a lot of hype? This is difficult. Oh, please don't say my please don't yeah, that's what I'm with. I have the a Browns okay. are our our truth. You guys both have our truth? No, 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 no. I don't. I was just loving <laughs> Truth's answer. Uh, you ready for me? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't want to use the caveat that Cruz sucked forever and then became good. <laughs> I want to say. Kicked around, not appreciated, and now is being recognized for being good. Cody. Ooh, I like yours. That's good. Yeah, wow. Um, that may be the best one of the night so far. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. I think, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm gonna go. The guy I picked sucked for a while. Had got good for a bit, 
and then pretty much has done nothing since. And I'm going to go with Jinder Mahal. Okay. <laughs> That's good, too. That's great, man. <laughs> okay. Now we'll go hey, down. Hey, would, it, would it be bad if I said that I kind of miss him on TV? What's that? No. I kind of I, I kind of I miss him on TV, man. Me, too. Isn't he isn't no. he injured right now? I believe so. I believe so. Honestly, last I heard, I thought he had like torn quads or something or something. John, keep the game going. All right. Well, we're gonna head down town to Florida now, Jeremy, to your neck of the woods. Okay. Let's go. I could I would say Miami Marlins, but they just suck forever. Two World Series, okay. but okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay, the World yeah. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The last World Series they won was in 2003. So. Yes. Let's go Miami Dolphins. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. They've never done anything since 72, so. Well, they, they, Just... they so who has the <laughs> 72. <laughs> So who hasn't yeah. done something since 72? Yeah, John, we got to get a better team than that, man. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Don't appease that's, me, that's buddy. Oh, man. So basically, we're looking at a team that every year you know, a person every year you know what you're going to get. Nothing more, nothing less. They're never going to really achieve a high level. Whew. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> that is so oh. wrong. <laughs> I, I got it. Dolph, if you ever want to come on the show, I apologize, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. I'll see you at the gym. And I'll, I'll apologize in person. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... Okay, well, let's see. Who was really hot in the 80s? Fell off in the 90s. <laughs> Forward. Uh, <laughs> 70s and 80s. Uh, and still around. Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing relevance. <laughs> That's a good okay. one. Okay, I got one. He did something in the 70s. Sort of did stuff in the '80s, but kind of fell off since. Um, man, I did have one. Um, how about Hulk Hogan? Oh, that. Oh, that's fighting words. Yeah, man, Hollywood. Greatest of all time. You, wait, wait. You think Hogan is on the same level as Chris Jericho being the goat? Are you trying to be sarcastic? <laughs> Well, you just said he's uh, the of all dogs. I did. So I just said, you put him on the same level as Kasherika. Can you please flip that around? What, we're putting, what, we're putting Jericho on the same level as Hogan? Oh, my God. They're not even in the same sentence, man. I know. I'm just trying to bust oh, okay. the balls here. That's, yeah, Hogan I, yeah, Hogan I get very personal about. Okay. I'm just trying to bust balls here. To I know, play. I know, I know, John. I deserve it. I give it to you plenty. <laughs> um, 
Okay, now we're going to switch it up a little bit. going to switch it up a bit here. And I'm going okay. to give you a wrestler. You have to tell me what sports team they would be. Sounds good. Oof. Okay. I, and I Maybe? watch different. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you can include any sport you want. We'll go with the okay. guys. But what's, I like, know, the premise of this? The premise of this one? We're trying to just say that... If you have a wrestler X, what sports team would they be? Unlike you before, where it was, what sports team would be the wrestler? Right, okay. Since this is going to be kind of the last segment before we wrap it up, and next is going to be our all-out preview of All Out, let's make these AEW-related people, Okay. Ooh. Sure. Sure. I like that. Ooh. John Moxley. Cruz, that's your guy. I'll I'm, let you go first. I'm, okay. I'm going to say the 1990s New York Knicks. Ooh, good. Ooh. Ooh, that, that was good. I'm going to say the 88 to 90 Detroit Pistons. Oh shit! Yeah, the bad boys. What's <laughs> he? What would I say? Or, or you just want a franchise, just not like an era? No, it can be an era. Okay. It can be as specific as you want to be. All right. Me for that one? Oof. I'd have to agree about the Pistons. I would have to agree about the Pistons. Okay. That, yeah, that was a good one. You're welcome. We'll go now to. Let's go now to, I'm really just thinking this off the top of my head, Brandon Cutler. You go first. Me? No, John. Oh, I'll go first on this one? Yeah, you go, yeah. Yeah. Especially for um, an off-the-wall one like that. The New York mm. Mets. That, <laughs> no, 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 let me, let, let me explain this one quickly. He is there, he's getting good, he just needs a few more things in him. Get to the top. <laughs> Did you say Brandon Cutler's gonna get to the top? <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. You got it. That's <laughs> all you, Chris. Uh, okay. Um, the L.A. Clippers. <laughs> oh, I was gonna use that. <laughs> <laughs> See that would have been good. Yeah. Um team is not, He's the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, they, but they go to a Super Bowl, you know. But they, <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap this up with my favorite AEW wrestler. Which I think you guys probably both know where I'm going with this one. Hangman. And let's wrap Yes, no, not Hangman. Let's wrap this up with the woman who I think eventually will be the women's champion, maybe not coming out of this tournament, but eventually. And we haven't seen her since double or nothing, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray. Couldn't say Britt Baker, okay. Ooh. Kylie Ray. I Who, ooh, who is universally loved? Yeah, who's like a nice team that nobody dislikes? Uh, oh, man. 
You really threw a curveball here. I do a Oh, shit. Let me think. Let me think. Ah. Uh, 